Welcome to Disruption Now. I'm your host and moderator, Rob Richardson. I'm James Keyes. I'm Tunde Wamana. And I'm Amisha Cross. So have you ever been surfing the internet one day and you just found everything that you were looking for? It was almost like someone was reading your mind and you just found it like, wow, I was looking for that shoe. I was looking for that piece of equipment. You wonder how that happened so seamlessly? And well, it's because someone actually is reading your mind or more importantly, reading your data. And so all of us got caught up, I think, early on thinking about how great it was that now that we had Facebook and all these new social media apps and we can all connect, we can post online, it's all free. You can do Google this, Google that. It doesn't cost anything. It's great. New ways to stay connected, all these new efficient tools, and it doesn't cost you anything. But look, as your mama told you, at least my mama told me, I'm sure she probably told you too, uh, nothing in this world is free. And should if it, have told you if it's yeah. she didn't. <laughs> it should have told if your mama didn't tell you, I'm telling you. Nothing, <laughs> nothing is free. It is not free. And if it's a business and it is free, you are not the customer. You're the product. Your data is the product. Everything about your life is the product. All of it has been used and now it's being weaponized against us. And that's what we've seen happen. And that's what the great hack, what we're going to discuss today is about. Now, I'm sure you've heard something about the 2016 election, how uh, how, how, how this company, this one company, Cambridge Analytica, used data that was harvested to essentially get people to change behavior. We're going to talk about how that happened, but I really want you to understand something. They, and I, I say the whole media, everyone else, try to focus on this one group, Cambridge Analytica, as if they are the only, only entity doing this, as, as if they did something that others aren't doing. You know, one of my favorite movies, if you've listened to the podcast, you probably know this, is Batman. And particularly, I'm not talking about the fake Batman with Ben Affleck. He doesn't count. He's not a real Batman. <laughs> I don't know what he is. I don't know what you call him. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the real Batman series, the one with Christian Bale, Christopher Nolan as the director, one of the greatest movies of all time, particularly The Dark Knight. Obviously, I'm a fanboy, right? And Man, I'm <laughs> in this podcast with you. I didn't know that that was one of your favorite movies. Okay. Well, now you know. Well, now you know. And now the world knows. And there's a line that Joker says. He says, the Joker is this great. He's, you got to see it if you haven't seen Dark Knight. But he has this one of my favorite lines. He says, listen, I'm not a monster. I'm just ahead of the curve. Cambridge Analytica is, uh, Analytica is not something new. They're not an anomaly. They were just ahead of the curve. They figured out a way to weaponize our information. But people have been doing it every day. Companies have been doing it. And this was a great documentary, at least helping me see how pervasive it is. And I want you to understand it. And we're going to talk about it just in case you didn't get a chance to see The Great Hack. Hopefully you can see it. You can either watch on Netflix. You can watch on it on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, Netflix. I would advise you to go watch it. What's that? Borrow somebody's password. I'm yeah. trying to help you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Not that we're encouraging you to that, but. Do what you have to do to see it. If not, at least listen to this episode. You'll get, a, you'll get an appreciation for how bad it is. And I can tell you this, it's worse than you probably think. What did you guys think overall as just your impressions of watching it and seeing the level of, I guess, specificity that companies have on us and how they influence behavior? Well, well, I thought, like, no, 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 go ahead, go ahead. As I, say, I, thought it was, I thought it was great. I thought it was eye-opening. Um, I never... For whatever reason, I didn't assume that it would be as politically motivated. Um, I think everyone knows that you watch something on TV, you click on something, all of a sudden now you get 5,000 Facebook ads about this skirt that you saw and you never actually looked at it through Facebook. Uh, something's going on there. But I think that it, it's it became a lot more um, intuitive 
than I think we gave it credit for in the sense that um, I, I think that once people discovered that you could use it for those means in terms of consumerism, that you could basically use it for anything. Yep. And it to which um, it became so in-depth and it was something to where it wasn't just your profile. It was the profile of all of your friends as well and their connections and how deep it went to dig into all of the different um, different aspects of what you found interesting, your, your views, the types of people who you hung out with, the types of places you hung out with and how that could determine your political leanings. It was very in-depth and I think um, very scientific to a certain extent. And, and well, a lot very of scientific. Normal surveillance. Well, I'll tell you this. I, um, I think that we have seen this and um, there's two parts here that are particularly notable. One is the theft of your data. Um, and I consider it a theft because, you know, they're, they're taking it. It, it, it inf informed consent is, is something I believe in. If you're going to consent to giving something up, you have to know what it is that you're consenting to give up. And so even uh, they put all these, you know, the, the, the terms and conditions and everything like that, but clearly people are not fully aware of the extent of the information they're giving out or, or giving up with that. And then to the extent that the software they were using was mining into their friends and mining and mining beyond the person who initially signed up or downloaded the app or whatever. So the, the, the theft of the information, and I'm going to tie this together, but the theft of the information and the specificity in which people could be targeted. This stuff, as pointed out in the documentary, this isn't much different than psychological operations performed by a military. When you go in and, and invade another country and you're trying to turn their people against the leadership there or whatever, these psyops and things like that, it's, it's something that you're, you're, you're talking you. about what Cambridge Analytics did. You're getting to the details of what they actually did. Well, no, I'm saying, yeah, big picture, though. If, if you look right. at what they did and then the where this is going, because the answer yeah. to your question, this is the tip of the iceberg. This is just what we know about now. But this is ongoing right now. And it's going to be even more uh, detailed and discreet in the future. And so the question is going to be is how we're going to deal with this. How can we still have yeah. fair electricity? and fair elections but this is this is the the what happens when a military goes in and tries to change sentiment of the people but when you can get specific information on individuals and then target those individuals in a way where nobody else can see how you're targeting them so there's no scrutiny they can say whatever they want somebody who they identify doesn't like this person or can be triggered by that they can say whatever they want so so, so, so i want to have a question so is your is your concern is your pushback that this is political in nature in the terms of trying to influence elections do you think i'm that, saying this is in, this is trying to change people's minds. No, it is. But what, so what, I, what, what, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to challenge, I guess, and understand your perspective is, is the problem you have is that uh, the level of what was done here in terms of the United States and others trying to influence people to not do, to not get involved, or, what, or, or is it across the board with companies trying to motivate people to buy? Because I don't see much of a distinction. I, I think, no, no, I think that Part of this is baked into the human experience. These guys weaponized it on a, a civilian population, not in the context of any type of conflict, um, any type of declared conflict, and did so in a way that was so targeted that they weren't subject to any scrutiny whatsoever. Like meaning you show an ad, you show a targeted ad to a person and they're the only one that sees it unless you want somebody else to see it. Right. So I'm saying trying to persuade people to do stuff, whatever it is going to be is baked in. That's all going to happen. But when you take information that you may not, had be rightfully entitled to, and then you specifically target people with that information that you've taken, that's where that's the, those are the two pieces of it that I think make this very, uh, a very big problem. And people are going to try to per persuade people things no matter what. I mean, so like to, to James's point is the extent to which it went into people's networks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
lot of the individuals had consented. Now, granted, you know, most people. But did they know what they were consenting to, though? I mean, yeah, like, that's really the thing. I mean, that's an argument we can make about several things. But most people. <laughs> <laughs> but their friends didn't consent to anything. Correct. At the end of the day, when you went through and you mined and you were able to see the hospitals people checked into, all of these other things to be able to depict, you know, their movement what you know with their political leanings and all of those things and create your own um like network of information to be able to specifically target political ads to that's an entirely different level and i do think that um rob to your point earlier like this isn't something that hasn't that, that hasn't been baking for a while now um people have just cambridge analytica was smart enough to figure out yes, how to that's it. all and they overstepped their bounds in terms of getting into the data of the friends. That's where they overstepped their bounds. But I would argue, and I'll get into this later, they didn't, they didn't have to do that to, to achieve what they did. They overstepped there. But to give you a little bit of an insight to our listeners. So, uh, you know, Cambridge Analytica had a lot of test models in other countries before they came to the United States. The one that stood out in my mind in particular was when they worked in Trinidad. Now, Trinidad has a popula- a large Indian population, a large black population. Sometimes the two clash. Uh, Cambridge was working for uh, Indians there. But in order for uh, an Indian president to be elected, there had to be enough of an undervote by black, by black citizens, by African citizens there. And so they started this campaign. It was called Do So. You can please look it up. Do So. They started a huge campaign called Do So. Made it seem like it was authentic uh, authentic, and actually connected with real activists. They did this and then got people to get caught up in a viral moment. Like, let's make a political protest. Let's do this. Let's not vote. And it, <laughs> right. I mean, like it actually worked. Right. And, and, and you, we, we can look at that and say, wow, well, maybe that was just Trinidad. The truth is that was the test case. And that happened in 2016 in the great United States of America. And the well, other that's been happening. That's been happening. Was actually them leading the campaign for Brexit. Like, they yep. them. Yep. But that's but that kind of stuff is, is happens, though, is what I'm saying. Like, it's the data piece about it. The fact and that the specificity to target it. I agree with you. Well, yeah. It's the combination of those two, because that's called propaganda. No, I agree. No, no, no. Which is kind of my point about like saying, oh, I, I'll, I'll actually let Tunde yeah, get it. I think propaganda is bad. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying like. But it's unavoidable. You can't like. It, it, exactly. And so like the and, and, and the big picture here was Cambridge Analytica used information that was ill gotten or sometimes given freely on Facebook and other social media to build profiles about people. And then based on those profiles, they behavior. behavior, they understood what, what they, they, they looked for people that they deemed to be persuadables, meaning they could change their mind on something. And they looked in those people for things that would trigger that. And so they have these psychological profiles on people and then would show targeted ads that differ depending on who they're, 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 they're the, the profile of the person they're targeting on Facebook or whatever, that would be intended to get them to do something or to not do something. And so that's, ba- that's boiled down what's going on, what, what was going on. Right. But, 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 but people look at what happened. I think the fact of what happened got people's attention. The fact that you got, it was Brazil too. They had a, they, they had a really unstable person elected. They helped him. Brexit, they helped him. Uh, yeah, they, they, Trump, they, they, they helped him. Right, the authoritarian. I think the problem people see like, wow, this mechanism of social media that was originally attended, it depends on who you talk to, but originally people saw it as a way to connect, can now be a way for us to be divided and could be weaponized against us in ways we never saw. But we didn't, I mean, uh, this is what, what, what I want to get a greater appreciation of. Just, just today, 
Uh, Google was fined, I think, $170 million for targeting children. With YouTube. With YouTube, without the permission of parents. Yeah. This is happening right now every single way, and we're, we are, I, I think, completely unprepared for not only what happened then, but what's next. Tunde, I know you wanted to say something about. Yeah, no, I mean, this is great. I thought it was a great um, uh, documentary, and I appreciate that uh, you guys have identified that it's obviously the, the, the documentary focuses on Cambridge Analytica, but they are not the only ones, and they're the tip of the iceberg. I think I, I remember learning that when you have, like, I have an iPhone, so when I have it in my pocket, if I go into a particular retailer like a Walmart, they have a relationship with Apple. So Apple, if they want, they can tell Walmart exactly where I'm going in the store at any given time. So that Walmart ads to whatever aisle I'm at will start popping up in my, between my, yep. my news articles or whatever I'm reading. So the fact is, is that we're, you know, we're all being victims of all this stuff when it comes to data. And what I found fascinating about, you know, one of many things about the, the documentary was that they identified four to 5,000 data points per person in the United States. So I think it goes back to, you know, Jimmy brought up that, that term persuadables. They knew that, you know, if you are hard for a Hillary or hard for a Trump, you aren't going to be persuaded. But if there's even just a 1% that can be swung either way, those are the ones that are getting the hyper focus. And, 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 and not only that, go ahead. It was, it was smart. It was smarter than it, it, it was extremely intuitive. It was also very smart because this is essentially a hyper advanced version of what surveys try to do all the time. Most political campaigns don't give a darn about the people who are concentrated wholly in one camp or the other. They're mm -hmm. only trying to get the people who are the persuadables. This was a way that they were effectively able to do it without spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yo, just remember, Hillary Clinton had way more money. Hillary Clinton, that's a point. Hillary Clinton had way, way, way more money than the Trump campaign by like magnitudes no one has ever saw. That's why that's one of the reasons people thought he's just going to get mopped. They spent most of their money, almost all of their money on targeted ads. And you got to say it worked pretty well. You were going to say something, James? Yeah, the targeted piece is what it, 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 the data piece, the, the theft of data, again, because I don't think there's informed consent for this stuff. Um, and I mean, I'm talking like a lawyer because I am a lawyer. Right, so, but, but, so let me challenge you on that. You said the lot. Piece. Well, hold on. Hold on. Oh, I, can, you can challenge me on that. But actually, the bigger concern here is that on social media. Now, you don't overlook the fact that in the word or in the phrase social media is the word media, which means eventually it's going to be used in all types of ways, regardless of what its intended purpose was initially or whatever like that. I think this is very foreseeable. But when you do targeted ads, there is no there's zero obligation to tell the truth. When you do a commercial on CBS or whatever, the people who support you are going to see that. The people who aren't don't support you are going to see that. The people who check facts and things like that are going to see that. And there, there's there, you know, you can only get away with so much when you do a targeted ad to somebody, and they're the only one that's going to see that, or people you know like minded and so forth. Then you really can say anything, and like that to me, that departure, like propaganda, is very effective, particularly when people are very isolated and they can't exchange information or there's not an exchange of information across people who disagree on stuff. And so that makes this propaganda so effective is because they can silo you and give you just and bombard you with particular messages, whether they're true or not. And that's where you'll see this thing really like it, it really can go beyond what we see. And you can do so in the cost, of course, it doesn't cost that much to do so. It goes beyond normal or I shouldn't even say normal, but traditional political 
active, you know, at, uh, campaigning and things like that, because nobody else sees what you're telling these people. We still don't know all right, this stuff. Right. But we, we do know, we, we, we do know this. I mean, when they were talking about persuadables too, I, I, I think we, I want to clarify that term. They were also looking at people that wouldn't like ever vote for Donald Trump, but the goal to be persuadable with them was to get them not to vote or to get yeah, them to not, to not exactly to get them. not. I think that's important to get them not to like, Hillary in this case, you know, so they can do that effectively. And, and, and so yeah, that, I mean, black folks were a target of that. Correct. 4.4. That was, 4, that was that's exactly, exactly correct. And I think we're going to see something like we've never seen before in 2020. Uh, and, I, and I think where I actually wanted to challenge you, James, and I believe you were talking about the earlier point, and actually lost my train of thought. What were you talking about? Hey, I've been talking about the theft of data. Yes. The theft of data to. is where I, is where, is where I wanted to challenge you on that because you know, I don't know if it was a theft, as kind of as kind of Amisha said, like at some point, maybe it's not a four percent, but let's say it was theft. What are we supposed to do about this right now? What what is what is the solution? Is it regulation? Is it requiring a four percent? What should it be? What should it well, be? Well, the, 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 in the documentary, they touch on this, how your data, your, your what you do on the Internet should be owned by you uh, now. That's an issue that maybe that's the case. Maybe that's not, maybe that's the, the, what we should all be advocating for. And so basically what that would look like is that tech companies have to pay you if they want to, to make money on your data. And so data being, as they pointed out in the documentary, more valuable than oil. Now the most valuable commodity in the world. And it makes sense. If you consider how you can influence power and money, if you know enough about somebody and you can target them, but so if, if the answer to that maybe is you own your data and then therefore you have, you get paid, if you decide to allow them to use your data for whatever reason, which people can do that. I mean, then you get some money for that and it may be peanuts, but you at least know, Hey, okay. Yeah. You guys can share this information as you see fit. And it becomes more of an arm's length transaction. Whereas right now, as you said, if you're smart, you should know that anything you're getting for free, if you're not paying for it, then somebody else is paying for something. You know, Facebook's in business. They're not out here just to be friendly. Right. And so maybe you should know, and maybe you shouldn't be so free with all the stuff you do on your phone or on, on, on Google or on Facebook or whatever. But just because you should know if you're really paying attention, that's, that's different than them having a legal right to do that. You know, and that's, that's more so what I'm going into. And then actually, they don't want you to really know the extent Facebook's been stonewalling Congress about this, the extent of what they're doing with your data. And, and, and to, to that point, Google has been doing the same thing at the yeah, end of Google, yeah. just Facebook. You also have Google. You also have, you know, Amazon, Amazon, cams, Amazon, yep. Amazon just partnered with, which is also a partner with 400 law enforcement organizations across the country. And people are literally buying into it by giving them their certain surveillance information. So I'm like, at the end of the day, part of it is, I think a lack of, public knowledge about how these things work in general and who has access to this and where it can potentially go. But the other part is also, I think you need more documentaries like the hack that may, you know, come across airwaves and podcasts. And I don't know how many people actually watch the hack, but I'm like, there has to be a sense of this information getting out to people mainstream because maybe it'll help them to control the types of things that they post, but also being a little bit more conscious of the fact that once something's out there, in many cases, it is just out there. I yeah. love your idealism. You know oh, yeah. what? I, I the re, why I'm really offended by all this is that, like, I'm a person that's always done the, whatever I could to opt out of sharing. Like, I keep my location off on my phone. I yes. keep my Bluetooth off. You know, I, I don't download many apps because of what they do with those wireless beacons. When you walk somewhere, if your phone walks by a wireless beacon and you have the app on your phone, it pings it right there. They know you're right there. Like, I, I, I've always tried to opt out of those things. Network. But, 
but no, I'll tell you this. Yeah. I don't connect to other wireless network. Like I, I'm, I'm crazy like that, but see, I think that if they told everybody what they're doing, people would still do it. Like, uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't think they have to lie to people. I don't think they have to be deceptive. Like, I think that most people would be like, fine, I don't care, you know? And so the fact that they're, they have to be so secretive about it, I think is BS basically. And I think we need regulators, yeah, to stop them from being secretive about it and be like, hey, this is what we're doing. You know, you get free stuff out of it. You know, hey, we might listen on your, your microphone when you put an Alexa in your house or Google, whatever that, you know, anytime and if there's a microphone in your room, we may be listening. You know, like that people would still be doing it. Would still, you know, ninety percent of people would still do it anyway. So, I, 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 I'm, I have a problem with the deception from that standpoint, and that's why I, I call it theft. Because I'm like, look, you know, it, it, tell us, and then, 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 hey, you know, not knock yourself out. I'm with you. I, I do think that there should be stronger regulations, and people are still going to do it. Then these corporations are still going to be using the information the exact same way. Now we're just going to have laws in the books. I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how this. Obviously, regulation I think is helpful in general. But in terms of decreasing the amount of or the, the types of information people can run away with and use to their own means, I don't think that there's a way for us to stop that. I agree with you there. So even with the regulation, now we can say, OK, well, they can be held accountable. Because the data's out there now. Giving it to them anyway. <laughs> yep. Well, I think that we're, we're running up against a few different things that are happening at once, because I think Jimmy's point is valid. And it reminds me of cigarettes, right? Um, this The tobacco industry for decades um, hid the, the facts that they had on hand that cigarette smoking was bad. They had these massive billions of dollars lawsuits in the 90s. We all know that smoking cigarettes is bad. And today, 20% of the 7 billion people on planet Earth smoke cigarettes. So being informed doesn't mean that you won't do something, you know, that's against your own interest. But I do think um, part of what's happening today is a reflection of the speed at which technology has, like, finally, I think we're at a point where technology has evolved faster than the human brain biologically can still have all <laughs> finally these- that's but, been that's been for a no, while I mean, man. <laughs> we're at the point now where it's psychological i mean this is this is different than the printing press 500 years ago this is at the point where the fight or flight responses that we have naturally embedded in us are being pushed the buttons are being pushed emotionally for us to respond to things like we've been talking about that we learned through the documentary so i think there's a there's a little combination of everything part of it's going to be generational that probably it's going to take another generation or so for for human beings to figure out how to have an open society with all this stuff going on. And I think another part of it, to you guys' point, is some sort of regulatory environment that's different. Because right now we have, like you said, CNN or Fox or Washington Post or Breitbart, whether it's print or TV media, there's certain regulations behind you know, how they got to disclose certain things. There's public airways that are regulated. And the other point that was well made is that data surpassing oil as the number one commodity in the world now, commodities like gold, oil, pork bellies, they're all regulated too. So it's like, so now we've got this massive infrastructure of stuff and money that's being made that's kind of all just under the radar and companies that, you know, we grew up with, uh, Microsoft or IBM being a technology company. Well, what is Facebook and what is Amazon and what are Netflix? I mean, they're tech companies, but they're also almost like utilities now. To your point, Jimmy, we, you, you have to be so um, conscious to turn yourself off of this system and you probably still can't get off the system. No, you're still so, in. It's just how much. So that's what I'm saying is I, I just think that we're in a new kind of era where we're not sure how to, how to, um, 
how to deal with it. And as long as we allow these companies like the Googles and the Facebooks to be in the driver's seats, making the decisions for us, we're going to end up being like the tobacco industry was where we're going to find out later that they were doing all this bad stuff. And we're going to think, oh, how did they, how could they have done this to us? But we have examples. I mean, I just heard that um, there's a lawsuit now with Johnson and Johnson because for 20 years they were using asbestos and baby powder. Yeah. I mean, you would think that, that, you know, that wouldn't happen anymore, but it's, you know, so I, I think that, um, well, companies go through something, something we learned in law school. They go through a cost benefit analysis of even doing harm. They won't say it, but they yeah. do it. That's what people need to know. Right. They say, yeah. you know, and that's what look, and, 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 and the scary part of it is just take what happened with Google as they were targeting children without the parents permission, uh, $170 million is nothing to what? An $880 billion company. Yeah. So they probably made, who knows, two, three, four, five, ten billion off of that. $170 million fine? Hmm. Are they going to do it again? Yeah. Is that even a deterrent? Yeah, that's what I'm you saying. Know, They're like, like, <laughs> like, yeah. And I mean, the, the secret piece, though, you know, I think can't be understated, though. I mean, because like I said, I think people would give them their data. I agree. I agree. But when what Breitbart does or what Fox does or what MSNBC does, any I can turn that on and I can look at it and I can, you know, like, oh, that's that that is very misleading, or hey, that's very um, you know, like that that's truth to power, or that's you know, whatever that is. But the targeted ads, that piece where I have I was seeing things about like I've seen Hillary Clinton attack ads that I had never seen before, information I'd never heard of before. And it's like, is this stuff even like and can, you, and can you tell if it's real? I think the part you're getting to, too, is how do you know what's real? How do you know what's true? It's almost like a How do we do that, though? The thing is, this has always existed. Fake ads and all these other exactly. things. Correct. But it, it was never a private, but it was never a private one-to-one -one conversation. This is a camp, like one campaign talking to a targeted ad to one person and nobody else sees it. And so disinformation is one thing when you publish it and anybody can go see it and I can do this person does this information. This person tries to correct it. Or so what like if that. it's accurate information? Is that okay? Well, I'm, I'm just raising the, the, the red flag here saying, hold on. Like the, the Nate, the ability to, to speak privately in a campaign ad to somebody to, to millions at the same time with their own targeted ad is something I, that's the part, like the data part, we can probably manage easier than that part. But the, the, I don't know what you do about the fact that nobody who's going to verify whether this stuff is true, who knows ads that were, that were put up. Maybe this is why somebody shows up at a, at a pizza shop in Virginia, ready to, to looking for a basement where there's all these, there's kids being held. No, that's, 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 a, no, that's true. No, that, that, that's a fact. Actually, that's, that's why I mean, that person went. Like, that's what I'm saying. A national news organization. So I'm like, at the end of the day, like, there, there have been propagated in fake news for a very long time. I, I think that, you know, for anyone who's worked on a campaign, especially when things get, you know, in the trenches and you have two candidates that are, you know, very, very close, um, you know, running neck and neck, things start to get a little bit shifty. I would argue and have seen, you know, numbers to back it up that a good 40 percent in a lot of national campaign ads have a lot of information that's quite frankly, not true. So and everybody no, that's a good point. So if they do that in the open, what do you think they'll do in private? Well, I think though it, same thing. To, <laughs> it'll be worse. It'll be ten times worse. But but part of the issue too, and this is where I think it's going to be generational, because I think part of it is we're going to have to figure out how to teach kids growing up, like in the future, how not to how be to human, deal with all this information. 
Cause, cause look, I thought that whole Pizzagate thing that happened during the 2016 election with the whole, you know, the guy that went and shot up the pizza place thinking that Hillary Clinton was running uh, child sex operations or something. That just sounded yeah. stupid. So anybody yeah. who followed that, like, I feel I, they probably shouldn't have been voting in general. But a lot of people believe that, though. I mean, you know, my first thought is when I when I saw that, I said I said to myself, that's a I, I think maybe direct or indirect reflection of the lack of investment in public education in the United States for 40 years. Because I thought. Wow, this is a guy who just doesn't. See, I've think- actually challenged that. I, ha- I don't think it has anything to do with education. I think it's an emotional. No, but, but I think connection. it's this idea of of people like aren't thinking critically. Like like we got. But, but I think but I think people, people don't think, think things critically though. I mean, but hold on, let me let me say this point because I, I yeah, think it's a fallacy of the yeah, enlightenment. Yeah yeah yeah. I'm, I want to just challenge this point and speak to one of our favorite authors, Robert Greene. You know, people are going to be tribal. People are going to get caught up in their feelings and emotions. That has always worked. I mean, when you look at, you know, Nazi Germany, people look at Nazi Germany and say, how in the world could that ever happen? It's not surprising to me. A whole na- nations can be fooled to believe whatever they want to believe. People, a whole groups of people can, can, can go towards an insane insanity as the, as the saying goes. Insanity is common in groups. Maybe rare in individuals, but it's common in groups. And, and social media has allowed us to has is now the most efficient tool we have for promoting insanity. And we got to figure out a way. And I'm not saying I have the answer, but I think this show, The Great Hack, shows us why it's so important for us to figure this out yeah. very quickly because it, it can it can escalate things to get to Nazi Germany. That's what I believe. I don't think that's an exaggeration. I, I think that is possible. That, I would I would second that because the it, it, it's not like it was Clinton supporters or people who liked Clinton that were believing this stuff. It was people who already inclined to not like her because of twenty years of, of just trying to slander her that was done you know by the the GOP. And so those are the people that were already primed to believe almost anything. And and actually that happens in any scenario. Like people have said, you know, people joke about you know like the Mike Tyson. And like, there's pretty much nothing that somebody could tell you that Mike Tyson did that you would be like, that for sure didn't happen. Like Mike Tyson has done a lot of things. He'd be like, oh, maybe, you know, I don't know. And Donald Trump's like that now. Like there's very few things that somebody can say, oh yeah, Donald Trump, you know, like this is what happened, yada, yada, yada. And I'd be like, there's no way. Like, right. like I would have thought there was no way that he would have altered a hurricane projection map. You know, if, if you want to, if you want to think critically about it, <laughs> you know, right, like, no, right. nobody would ever do that. Like everybody's seen the projection map. Like, so like when there's somebody that, you have either been trained to believe the worst about, or you've just through, from observation see that, yo, pretty much anything is possible with this person. It's not a lack of critical thinking that you could believe something crazy about the person. It, it's, it's more so about where your, where your head is, you know, like, so again, that's terrible. What happened as far as the pizza gate thing. And then somebody showing up like that. But at the same time, I don't think that that is something that means that p- the, the public education is bad, even though you can already make the, you know, I'm not, going to dispute that public education has been been under uh valued and underfunded and, and and so forth i wouldn't argue that but i don't think that ties in i just that don't think that's the real i mean I, and i respect your opinion there i just don't think that's the, I, there are very educated people i've had conversations with people that have multiple degrees that believe yeah. some of the craziest things i've ever heard in my life i'm like yeah. what are you talking about like that has no basis in fact the thing is and we and we've seen this and that was one of the you know great well, not necessarily great, but one of the creepy things that came out of Cambridge Analytica, um, the more that somebody sees something, the more likely. Yeah. Correct. That's true. And yeah. No matter how crazy yeah. it is, if it continues yeah. to pop up, if more people. Every time they grow, scroll, it keeps coming yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. And they know that. And, and what, what I want the listeners to understand is, and we can go to this, is that there is technology 
particularly artificial intelligence and algorithms that are used day in and day out to keep you engaged, they will tell you that it's just to make sure that this is what people want and they want to keep people connected. But the truth is, you know, the if you remember, if you were there, if you were one of the old people like Tunde, and you were there on the earlier days of Facebook. <laughs> MySpace, my man, MySpace. Right, MySpace, yes. <laughs> oh, do you remember uh, Black Planet? Yeah, 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 I remember Black Planet. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Sorry, Amisha does it. Why you're you little, out here dating us, man. You're yeah. like, you're dating us with Black, the Black Planet. Oh, uh, yeah, sorry, Amisha, you, you missed out. But anyway, Black Planet was fine. That's neither here nor there. Anyway, uh, when you uh, social media in its early conception, we would just get to see everybody's feed, and it would just come up chronologically. Whatever happened first, you'd see it come up, and you'd be like, okay, whatever. But we didn't know that was the beta test. That was just the beginning of, oh, this is not what we're going to do. We're going to see what you like on, what you engage on. And then you're only going to see that. If you're wondering why your feed has changed, it's because there are algorithms that are saying, this is what you want to see. So we're only going to show you posts from your friends that you like the most. And that's what's happening. And so you have this. And so because I guess the longer you're, you have them on your screen, the more money they can make. Correct. Off of you and the more correct. Information it's about yourself. eyeballs. Yeah, that business model requires them keeping you engaged on the platform. Like that's the business model for any of these, uh, you know, social media companies. And, and so what, what, what makes me nervous about not only 2020, but really beyond, and I'm gonna get a little, a little bit deep. I'm gonna go tune day level here, right? We're gonna, you know, there are things do that I are coming. my tinfoil hat? Yeah, you do, you do, you do, uh, you do. You know, you talk about artificial <laughs> intelligence that's gonna be used to not, to actually literally read your mind. And then, I mean, augmented reality is coming. So think the matrix. That stuff is not like theoretical. There are companies right now that do, you can look up augmented reality. And when you combine those two, you know, how, how are people going to be able to tell when it's real in front of you, when there's real technology that can use uh, Barack Obama's voice and have him saying something crazy, put his picture up there. It looks like he's saying it word yeah, for that's, word. That's the deep fake stuff. Right. That stuff right exists now. right this second. And I, I'm going to predict that it's going to be used very soon, maybe as early as 2020. If it's not 2020, it might be being used now. Yes. Because the you're, ads you're right. are targeted. You won't know. You're right. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like you could do anything in a targeted ad. And like if, if they put that on Fox News and Obama's saying some crazy stuff or whoever the 2020 Democratic nominee saying some crazy stuff, deep fake. If they put it on Fox News, everybody be like, well, no, that's he did. That's not that's not a real clip. But if you do it in a targeted ad, nobody knows. That's what I'm saying. Like that part, I, I don't like, that's the part that's the most scary to me. Like it, that direct, it's always like a private communication. But you don't think somebody and, will be able to say like, what's going on here and, and, and talk about that ad. I think they would. Don't you? I mean, I, I think there might be, or, but to your, <laughs> like if, if what, um, if what the president had recreated, remember the whole Nancy Pelosi, almost drunk babbling yep, thing. Yep. And everybody kind of freaked out. Yeah. Um, if that had been done in a targeted ad, would people who are already leaning to the side of not necessarily, you know, supporting her or her comments anyway, have said anything? I That's don't, what I'm saying. I think they would have completely gone with it. Yeah. yeah. And, and so and how do you ever too, find like, out? But to you guys' point, right? I mean, the fact that there's going to be, like, this is a good example, that Nancy Pelosi clip. There's people out there that hate her anyway. So whether that 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 clip was fake or not, like you said, the fact that it's seen and whether you know it's fake or not, it still feeds that emotional thing to say, yeah, I hate her and, yeah. you know, and, and give you the, the result that the person that created it is looking for. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. That's why I feel like it's more of an education of the electorate. Obviously, people are going to make decisions of where they want to vote and what decision, you know, where they want things to go. But 
you know, it's, it's, we need to make sure we're getting real information society, you know, that, that is not, um, if, if we're going to have one set of facts or not, I I think that's what it comes down to. Well, that's, I mean, they touch on that in the documentary, you know, like as far as maybe people aren't making these decisions because like they're making a decision based on information that's not real, you know, or they're, they think they're making a decision, but they're being led somewhere correct and it's not even really you know like the thing and so and there's no I, basis I, in I, fact I, zero let me say this I, I do want to commend you tune for offering a solution or, or a proposed you know way to approach this as far as education um i don't want to just say oh that wouldn't work because i don't have an answer as far as what you do from that i, I don't know like it, it because anything would seemingly require self-enforcement right because you can't shut and, down facebook like you said because now we know that we, we, we hear that Fox and others are about to create an alternate social yeah. media website. I mean, maybe, maybe, <laughs> Facebook, maybe Facebook has to, to make publicly available any ad that's ran, you know, like any, any targeted ad, any ad that's read, ran anywhere. Oh, that's a great idea. That's a, hey, write that down. That's available. a good idea. They need to keep a database of all their, all I look their at ads. the education piece like nutrition, right? And now, release it immediately saying, to everybody. That's a good idea. No, I was just saying that um, that I look at the education part, like the, the way that we became educated about nutrition over time that, you know, remember <laughs> margarine, you know, margarine, <laughs> we used to eat a bunch of fried food and all that. But now I society, think we still do Popeye's chicken. Did you not watch our episode? No, I'm sorry, man. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. But the information is out there for those. Of watch us our Popeye chicken eat. episode, by the way, to refute what two they just said. Go ahead. Oh, right. I'm telling you, he's fear from the future. He's telling us that we will eventually. Okay, know good. These things. No, no, no. We're not eventually doing anything. My point is that <laughs> those of us that want to be educated about how to eat right can get that information and don't have to eat chicken sandwiches if we don't want to or can choose not to. My point is, is just saying that before there was certain food and nutrition education, people just ate anything and didn't know why they're dying of heart attacks, right? Well, but that's complicated though, man, because the medical community told you that margarine was better for you than butter for a long I time. I get it. But they told you Spartan was but, a perfectly great substitute for that, sugar. That's, that's where I'm getting my point at. And, and it's, is that, how's that different from the tech industry telling us that all this is good for us now? And we're gonna find out later that it's the not. Tobacco, yeah. So, yeah. so my point is, is that if we're educated more about just how to deal with data and the media in terms of internet media and all that, you know, yeah, you're right. There's going to be a select few people will be able to. No, that's what I'm saying. There's going to always be people that want to eat junk food period and, and live off junk food. (laughs) Amis is one of those people raising her hand. Like that's me. Yeah. But, but there's a reason why Lucky's and farmer's market and, and, and whole foods are in business because there, there is a growing group of people that are saying, I want to put something healthy in my body. And I think that if the more that the education is out there, I think there will be that natural group of that cluster of people that are going to gravitate and say, I'd like to just have a little more factual understanding of what I'm receiving or, or, or getting involved with when it comes to politics and my future. So, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, Amisha, did we throw too much shade on Popeyes? I'm sorry if we did. I mean, it's like, why, why are y'all coming for the glorious chicken? <laughs> <laughs> chicken ever do to you? What a chicken oh, ever do to you. Chicken show. <laughs> yeah, well, we should have had her on. You know, but, you know, as we kind of finish this up, I, I just want to just say, 
you know, history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. So do I think we're going to have another Nazi Germany? No, but we can have another situation that is bad that causes us to divide against one another and cause a lot of damage. And we have now the tool that can either do us great harm or we can do great. We can have great potential to bring each other together. How we go, where we go is going to really depend upon not any corporation, not any government, but you as an individual, you being vigilant, you being aware. We say it all the time. Going to say it again. Eternal vigilance is the price of freedom. At the end, and if you want to stay, if you want to stay free, you got to stay. Freedom woke. ain't free. It never is. It never <laughs> you is. Pay it never with is. Your time. You got to pay. With your attention. Something. Everybody has to do their part. And at the end of the great hack, they they end they end with the rhetorical question: Can I be manipulated? So I'm going to ask you: Can you be manipulated? I'm going to answer the question. I can be manipulated, you can be manipulated, we can be manipulated. We're manipulated every day. And That's unless part of the human condition. Yes, and unless we are aware of that, we're gonna be manipulated further and we're gonna cause more harm to each other. There's too much at stake. Never has there been, I think, a greater opportunity to do more for society, for the world, and never has there been greater potential for us to divide and destroy each other. My hope is that we can make sure that we move forward, connect, and use this great opportunity of technology, of integration, to do more and actually fight for a better future. But until next time, I'm Rob Richardson. I'm James Keyes. I'm Tunde Romana. And I'm Amisha Cross. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>